The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Well, again, we are in this series. We are at the end of this series, actually, New Humanity. Uh, next month, going through Christmas, or going through Easter, I should say, uh, we're going to be looking at the different various Gospels and how each of their accounts highlight something different about Jesus. But to anchor or to finish off this New Humanity series, uh, we're going to be talking about living a life of legacy. That's why we talked about that question, how do you want to be remembered? Right? And all of us want to be remembered well for different things, right? If you're Jan Keen, you're probably going to be remembered for how much awesome food you just fed people and made them smile, right? If you are uh, a comic and you like to just make people have lighthearted feelings, right? All of us have different aspects of how we want to be looked at. But certainly within our faith, Jesus has something to say about that. Scripture has something to say about that. But before we actually get into what it says, I got to go into being a bit of a myth buster because there are ways that we as Christians can sometimes hyper-spiritualize what God is trying to do in our life. And so we look at it through a lens of if it is not directly spiritual, then it doesn't really count to what God has for us here on earth, right? And so this first myth that we're going to talk about is this. Uh, God cares more about heaven and the afterlife than he does about the present world, right? This really started to come and take its full form uh, in around, gosh, 500, 600 AD when the Dark Ages had started to come and the world was in a really broken spot. Uh, and people started to look past what was presently happening and saying, you know what, this world that we live in, it's just too broken. Uh, it's the future world that we as Christians should be looking forward to. And for sure, God cares about eternity, right? God cares about us living with him in a new heavens and a new earth, as both Paul writes about and the book of Revelation writes about. But in believing of this thing that comes next, we miss what God is trying to do in our present moment here and now. This comes from John, a really famous verse, right? John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I want you guys to notice what John says. John does not say, for God so loved humanity that he sent his son into the world. He doesn't say God so loved us as people, and he does, but it's not just us as people. In fact, what you see really clearly again and again and again, that word world in Greek is the word cosmos. It's literally every physical thing that God has created, God cares about, God loves. God has a plan for it. It's why in Genesis, when God creates everything in the world, right, the planets, the stars, the sun, the moon, the animals, the plants, again and again and again, God says, it's good, it's good, it's good. You see, God created something that he cares about, and he cares about it in its present state as much as he cares about it in its future state, in the new heavens, the new earth, into eternity. Right, so the first myth is that God only cares about what happens next. But there's a second myth that kind of goes with that. And it's because we're saved by faith through Christ alone, what we do here on earth doesn't matter in the new heaven and the new earth. Right? Because Jesus and his work on the cross, 
him being the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, right, all the brokenness, well, it's all on him. And since our salvation is on him, what we do down here on earth, how we act, what we try to accomplish, what type of legacy we want to have, that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of what God is doing. And yet again, when we look at Scripture, you see a very, very different story. This comes from, uh, nope. Uh, Yeah, anyway, uh, so the end of all things is near. This is Peter writing to the early church. And he says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Paul writes to the church and he says, Guys, the end of all things is near. Eternity is getting closer and closer and closer. But his response isn't, so since eternity is getting closer, all you need to do is read your Bible, pray, and wait for Jesus to return. Instead, he gives them very practical, present things that we can do here and now that tie directly into what is going to happen in eternity. He says, guys, because of eternity, because of the new heavens and the new earth, we got to get to work here and now why Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He doesn't say one day your kingdom come. He doesn't say when your new heavens and new earth come, that's when God will get after it. Instead, no, your will be done on earth, here, now, in the present moment, as it will be done into eternity. That's why we pray for things like daily bread, See, God cares about this present moment. God has a plan for this present moment. And what we see in Scripture and the gift that we have in this new humanity is that God provides a way for what we do here to pay forward into eternity. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says this, By the grace God has given me, I laid the foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul writes to the church, and first and foremost, hear this clearly, our foundation of salvation is Jesus. The core of who we are, the core of this new humanity, the core of how we get to heaven, all of that is Jesus. And yet, like a foundation, we then have other things that get built on top of it, and that's what Paul writes. And in this next section of Scripture, we have both an opportunity, a privilege, and also a warning. Paul writes this, he goes on, he says, If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. 
Because the day, and this day he's talking about is eternity, it's talking about the end times, will bring it to light, this work that we have done. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what he has built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss, but will be saved, even though as one who is escaping through flames. Paul writes to the church, he says, guys, what we do here on earth, what we build here on earth, how we use this foundation that Jesus gives us as God's children, salvation through his work and his work alone, he goes, what we do on that foundation matters. So much so that when we get to the end times, what we build on that will be tested, it will be purified. And if we build on it with the things of God and the things God cares about, things of love, acts of service, hospitality, caring for and stewarding the physical world around us. Paul writes to the church, he goes, guys, that stuff will be purified, it will be tested, and then that will be commended in heaven. It's actually paid forward into heaven. Hear this clearly, church. This is the opportunity we have as new humans. That what we do here and now matters. Not just for this present moment, not just to put a smile on someone's face today, but that work actually pays forward into the new heavens and the new earth that our God is seeking to bring about. God has a plan for you. He has a legacy that he wants you to pass on as children of God. But, but there's also a warning there, right? It says, if you build it with silver or gold or precious stones, he goes, that valuable stuff, it's going to make it. But the flip side, the stuff that we try to build on that isn't of God, and there is a lot in this world that is not of God, that is straw, that is wood, that will deteriorate and that will be destroyed. Well, the fire is going to come. Hear this again. It will be burned up. The builder, us, will suffer loss. Now, we'll still be saved, even though as only one who is escaping from flames. There's a warning there. That what we do on earth, not only in a positive way, but in a negative way, even though we're saved through grace and grace alone, that what we do here on earth, that which isn't of him, is going to have to be burned away. And so both we have the opportunity, the privilege, but also a warning that here and now, God has something for us to do, so we should be getting after it. Jesus puts it this way in the Gospels. He says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where a thief can break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is my honest-to-goodness treasure chest. 
my great uncle John built one of these for each of the nephews and nieces in my family. It's got my name on it. It actually says Joshua right here. I always loved it because it's got these really awesome little lion handles. I remember I got this when I was born, but as I grew up, I grew to love it more and more and more, right? For someone who loves fantasy, the idea that I had my own treasure chest was just fantastic. And as I grew older and older and older, I would just keep my treasures in here. And then those treasures would change, right? When I was six, seven, eight years old, the treasures were my favorite uh, superhero toys, right? So Ninja Turtles or Spider-Man, I'd keep them in there. And then as I got older started doing other things, started collecting basketball cards. And so I would keep my best basketball cards in my treasure chest. Uh, I'd like to collect rocks and ignits. And so I'd keep the coolest rocks that I had in there. I like to collect currency, right, actual money from different countries. So I'd keep that in there. But then eventually, what I kept in the most prized part of the treasure box changed. Now I keep thank you letters in there. When people reach out to me and say, hey, hey, Josh, you really helped me in this moment. You made me laugh when I was going through a really hard time, or, or that message touched me, or hey, when you came over and just hung out, that meant something to me. That's the stuff that's going to make it into heaven. You see, that's the kind of stuff that actually is the gold and the silver, the real treasure, the relationships that we build, the stewardship that we do here on earth to care for what God has put in our vicinity, whether that's friendships or neighbors or family or our jobs or the literal world around us. See, when we invest, when we give of ourselves when we disadvantage ourselves for those that are around us, when we give them our time, our resources, our energy, and we say, I'm investing in you because God cares about you. When a teacher pours into a student. When a grandparent reminds their grandchild that they're special and that they're gifted when we send text messages of encouragement or laughter or humor to those who are struggling in a hard time. You see, that's the type of legacy that is of gold and silver. When we point people ultimately to where our hope is, this Jesus who saves us and rescues us and then sends us out to be new humans, you see, that is the stuff that not only affects here and now, but has a legacy both beyond our own life to the next generation. Scripture says, to a thousand generations, I will bless those who love me. A thousand generations is a long time, guys. But it not only transcends this world, it gets into eternity. See, that, that is the hope, that is the promise, that is the good news of this new humanity. That because we have the foundation of Jesus, we get to participate in something so much deeper and wider. And God has that for you. And it's unique for all of us what that investment looks like. What goes into the treasure chest. It may be gifts of service. Maybe gifts of hospitality, of food, of laughter, 
of encouragement. As Peter said, to work diligently. As Paul says, to serve all as if we are serving the Lord. That in this new humanity, what we do here and now pays forward as we go forward. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.